Welcome to the Hearing Matters podcast with Dr. Gregory Delfino and Blaise Delfino of Audiology Services, the show that discusses hearing technology, best practices, and a growing national epidemic, hearing loss. On today's show, Dr. Delfino and I will be discussing the hearing aid fitting process. Dad, this is an episode that you and I are extremely excited to release, and the hearing aid fitting appointment is an exciting time not only for our patients, but the provider as well. For sure, Blaze. The, uh, the first hearing aid fitting appointment is actually the culmination of all of the preliminary steps that were taken by both the patient and the professional to start their journey to better hearing. This is the launching pad from which a whole new experience of communication begins for our patients. Now, Dad, we know that oftentimes patients are excited for their fitting appointment, but nervous and skeptical at the same time. Have you seen this at the majority of your fitting appointments the past 30 plus years? You've been a practicing audiologist, and would you say it's, quote, normal to feel this way? People's responses to first fittings are as varied as people's personalities, In my experience, there's always been a range of emotional expressions to newly fit hearing technology. When someone is not heard for any length of time and is now suddenly reacquainted with sounds from their past, it has a profound impact on them emotionally. Mm. And we've absolutely seen that with many of our patients at audiology services during their first fitting appointment. Dr. Delfino, at audiology services, we, of course, implement best practice but we take a very unique approach at our fitting appointments. First, whenever we have a scheduled fitting appointment in the clinic, one of the providers will be waiting for the patient at the door welcoming them. And we found this really does make the patients feel at ease and assists with some of that nervousness they may be feeling. And really, once our patients are settled in and the technology suite is prepared for them, We escort them to the technology suite. Dad, once our patients are seated in the technology suite, what can they expect next? Do we just put the hearing aids right on them? What can our patients expect? Once they're seated in the technology suite, our dialogue is really focused on how the patient has prepared themselves for the impact of better communication in their day-to-day life that once the hearing technology has been placed on their ears, an immediate awareness of previously unheard sounds will now shower their auditory landscape. We want to prepare them for this new experience and assure them that with time and our assistance, these novel sounds will soon become welcome additions to improving their ability to understand speech in both quiet and in noise. And really what we do is congratulate them on their new hearing world. At the first fitting, whenever we first seat our patients in the technology suite, we review realistic expectations with our patients. So this includes, one, the hearing aids will not provide you with supersonic hearing. Hearing aids enhance speech intelligibility of human-connected speech. Third, if your husband or wife calls you from another room in the house and you're wearing your hearing aids, Chances are you still won't be able to understand them with 100% accuracy. Remember that sound travels around, not through. And this point right here, Dad, is something that we hear a lot with our patients is 
I'm calling my husband from the kitchen and he's in the living room or the bedroom. Even with hearing technology, we have to set those realistic expectations. Your husband is still not going to hear or understand you even with this hearing technology. And the fourth realistic expectation that we do review is that hearing technology does not regenerate your sense of hearing. Number five is during your fitting appointment, we are going to keep things very simple. This is so important and our patients truly do appreciate this, Dad. I know that you can agree with us on that point is that we keep the fitting appointment extremely simple. We first focus on the benefits of the hearing technology and then at maybe the first follow-up or the second follow-up, what we'll do is focus on the features such as Bluetooth. But again, we keep that initial appointment very simple. So, Dad, before the hearing technology is even programmed and placed on our patient's ears, there's a brief counseling period. How important is it to set these realistic expectations at the initial fitting appointment? The expectations really set the tone for how well this patient is going to do moving forward. They are now given information that perhaps they anticipated or did not, but now have a true awareness of what they can expect from hearing technology. They've read lots. They've heard other people discussing what hearing aids can do. Uh, but now we've given them a real day-to-day expectation list and, again, something to work off of. Many times our patients will revisit us and say, you know, you told me that my own voice initially sounds a little peculiar to me, but after a week or so, mm-hmm. I've now become very mm-hmm. um, accustomed to it. So those kinds of yeah. expectation setting and then their realization that, in fact, it is true helps us to move forward. We like to make the connection of that of if someone is starting a new fitness program. And we like to use fitness because those are... Results you can see, but without putting in the work, you're not going to see results. And while fitness and hearing technology are extremely different, we like to make that connection there. So first things first, at the fitting appointment, we seat our patients down in the technology suite and we review realistic expectations. Next, what we're going to do is review the patient's hearing journal. Dad, I can't express enough how essential this journal has been for the success of our patients and one of the reasons why our patients do extremely well with their hearing technology. A hearing journal really provides accountability, and we always say, don't trust your memory. Even even myself, I'm 28 years young, I have to write things down. We are not to trust our memory, and the hearing journal not only keeps accountability and reinforces to the patient, you know, I really do need hearing technology, but it also provides a medium for which our patients can write down what they're experiencing throughout the weeks, and then they don't have to remember any of the challenges that they may have experienced or the observations, and it's easier for them to discuss with us, the provider. Yeah, the journal really creates a conscious effort on the part of our patients to take the time to observe the the way in which the hearing aid has helped or whatever issues they may have, to write it down, to keep track of it. And again, when we sit down and review that, it's a nice way in which we can explain to the patient, again, in their own words, because they've written this down themselves, in their own words, what their experiences have been like. 
absolutely. I, I could not agree with you anymore on that, Dr. Delfino. So what actually is in the hearing journal? We'll have segments that might say, well, what were three new enhanced sounds that you've heard over the past week? What were two new sounds that you heard over the past two weeks? So we keep the hearing journal extremely positive, but really open-ended questions, really no yes or no questions. And this is really their diary of observation. And again, our patients have reported that keeping their hearing journal does assist with that accountability and it helps them discuss their observations at their follow-up appointments. So we review expectations. We review the patient's hearing journal with them. We haven't even placed the technology on them, Dad, and this is their fitting appointment. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. This is why there is so much that goes into the implementation of hearing technology. It is not hearing aids are not a consumer electronic. This is absolutely a medical device, and we're introducing you to your new hearing world. So what we review next are what we call outcome measurements. So dad, this is absolutely your wheelhouse. We have our patients fill out certain paperwork that allows us to then extrapolate this data, maybe at their second or third follow-up. Let's take a quick break. Running a private practice is challenging, and it's especially difficult if you're using a management software system that's out of date or doesn't really fit your needs. As a former private practice owner, I personally found Cycle to be such an incredible tool that is easy to use and is really in the best interest of my patients. Cycle provides you with industry-specific workflows and features for a smooth running front office, and if you've been listening to the Hearing Matters podcast, you will know that I believe that the front office staff is really the most important position in a hearing care clinic. Learn more at cycle.com. That's S-Y-C-L-E.com. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Yeah, the, the outcome measurement questionnaires, and it sounds like an alphabet soup when we discuss them because they are really abbreviations for much larger like the AFAB. <laughs> yeah. yeah, much, much, much larger entitled tests. Um, the whole purpose of a an outcome measure questionnaire is to collect data from the patient before they've used the technology, what their experiences have been like. And then what we want to do is after they've had the technology to again fill out the questionnaire to note the impact or the difference in the way they've responded to the questionnaire post-amplification, and it gives us such a nice and unique picture of what they like, what they don't like, what needs to be worked on. After years of doing questionnaires, you start to observe patterns that form, and that really assists you in creating an appropriate dialogue with the patient to assure them that we are going to overcome whatever obstacle they may have presented with. We have a lot of fun with the questionnaires as well because as you were discussing the patterns, it is so cool too with the IOIHA when our patients fill that questionnaire out or that outcome measurement out at their second follow-up and to see how well they're doing with their hearing technology. It's it's really rewarding not only for us as clinicians, but for the patients as well. What we review next and what we implement next is something called personalization. The personalization aspect is 
oftentimes manufacturer specific in the software that we use to program the hearing instruments. So with most of the technology, we are able to, quote, customize a patient's sound preference or their soundscape. For those listening right now, well, what exactly does Blaze and Dr. Delfino mean by personalization? In the software, we are able to play different sound clips. So, for example, we have two sound clips that we play for the patient. We have them listen to both and tell us which one they prefer. Did they prefer the sound clip that was sharp and distinct? Or did they prefer the sound clip that was soft and round? There are different personalization sound clips that we play for our patients. Now, when we complete the patient personalization and save that data, the hearing instrument chip actually remembers what the patient selected and essentially tells the hearing aid how to respond in specific situations, which is absolutely incredible. We have a lot of fun with this in the clinic, Dr. Delfino, and and it really allows our patients to see that, oh, wow, hearing aids are not a one-size-fits-all model. Yeah, it really is that individual attention. What do you prefer to listen to a sound like? And again, by giving you sound bites and then having it systemically transferred from the software to your instrument, again, it gives you that very personalized sense that this instrument is set up and designed specifically for my listening needs. And that's absolutely important. So now is the fun part, placing the hearing instrument and the hearing technology on the patient. Prior to placing the hearing aid on the patient, we do let them know that this is a new hearing world, And many sounds that they will hear on a daily basis are going to sound different, and that's okay. Dad, you talked about that earlier on on today's episode. Yeah, and again, preparing them for that exposure, that experience, is essential. It lets them know this is going to be something that's, this is going to be something that is life-changing, that is going to alter the way in which they live and hear in their environment every day. So we want to prepare them again for it. And the biggest thing that our patients say is, oh my gosh, my voice sounds so different. And the reason being is because there's frequencies within your own voice you haven't heard in maybe 10, 15, 20 years. And over time, your brain will acclimate to your new hearing world. Next, we place the hearing instruments that have been programmed to our patient's specifications or their type and degree of hearing loss in their ears. And again, dad, this is always the most exciting part. And It's sort of like we've built up so much up until this point to place the hearing technology on our patients, and this is really that aha moment of, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm hearing my spouse's voice with so much clarity right now. And again, the hearing instrument has been programmed to their specifications, but it hasn't even been fine-tuned yet to the best fit prescription. So what our patients can expect at audiology services is we have everything visible for the patient. We want our patients to see the fitting software on the screen. And we want you to feel a part of this experience because it is so sacred that you trust us with your hearing. So what you what you would see on the fitting screen are numbers one, two, and three. And I don't want to bore our patients or our listeners right now with minutia, Dad, but we always start our patients, if they're not experienced hearing aid users, 
at Experience Manager 1. And really what this means is that we're amplifying 80% of their hearing loss to start. And how important is that? It's really essential to the adaptation of hearing aids. As we've mentioned a number of times, this is the first time that people have heard some sounds in quite some time. And so the reintroduction of familiar sounds is going to be a little bit unnerving for them. So starting them off gradually, letting them start to reacclimate to these sounds is essential to the adaptation process. Absolutely. And again, we reiterate to our patients at this point, we're going to focus on the benefits of the hearing technology and the features second. And we again reiterate that we're going to keep today's appointment very simple. So we start our patients off at Experience Manager 1. Again, if they are an experienced hearing aid user, this might not be the case, but this is the initial hearing aid fitting, and most of our patients are new hearing instrument users, so we start them at Experience Manager 1. Oftentimes in the fitting software, we can show the patients the noise reduction screen, or really the auditory focus, and we briefly discuss what they can expect, say, when they go from the parking lot of the restaurant into the restaurant itself they'll absolutely experience that increase in speech intelligibility and decrease in listening effort. What we will do next at Audiology Services is conduct real ear measurement. Real ear measurement is extremely important when fitting hearing technology. Now, Dr. Delfino, you've been around real ear measurement for really your entire career. Can you briefly explain, because we're going to do an entire episode on real ear measurement, can you briefly explain to our listeners what real ear measurement or REM is and why it's so important at the fitting appointment? Real ear measurement, sometimes referred to as probe to microphone measurement, is used to determine whether or not a hearing aid user is achieving the prescribed level of amplification at each frequency measured. The goal is to maximize the benefit of getting as close to 100% to the target gain as possible. So that conducting real measurement involves the placement of a thin probe microphone into the patient's ear canal alongside the patient's hearing aid. The hearing healthcare professional can then directly adjust the sound levels to match the target amplification levels based on the hearing aid user's hearing loss across the speech frequencies. Now, performing real ear measurement during the initial fitting process ensures that the user is getting the correct levels of amplification and that a comfortable introduction to amplification is being established. And again, that comfort, we certainly don't want to make the sounds too loud, but absolutely audible. An important fact is that in 2017, the Hearing Review published a survey that indicated only 34% of hearing health care providers in the United States perform real ear measurement on their patients. Hearing aid fittings using real ear measurement results in a superior outcome and improved aided benefit both in quiet and in noise. Definitely. And Dad, I love the fact that you touched upon comfort because there are some patients who we may not increase them to experience manager three because of maybe possible recruitment or sound um, tolerance issues. But what really your measurement is it gives us and it shows us, which is so cool. It not only shows us, but it shows the patient because we incorporate the real ear measurement screen with them. 
oh my gosh, this is where the hearing instrument thought I should be, but this is where Dr. Delfino and Blaze can fine-tune. Let's just say if we need to increase your, your low to mid frequencies, we can do that because we see that on the screen, or, well, it's, it's running a little too hot between two and 3,000 hertz. Let's bring that down. We have a ton of fun conducting real ear measurement, and it's it's always so cool to show that to our patients. And again, when our patients leave during their fitting, we know that we're hitting their prescription. After real ear measurement, what we will do is review indicator tones and then the parts of the hearing aid. Now, what are indicator tones? Indicator tones are low battery, the initial startup tone, volume increase, and volume decrease. Now, again, we keep this fitting appointment very simple. So we don't even engage the volume control that during that initial fitting appointment. We review with our patients that there is volume control, but during their first week, all we want you to worry about is putting the hearing aid in and taking the hearing aid out successfully and properly and acclimating your brain to your new hearing world. And as I previously stated, we'll also review the parts of the hearing aid with our patients. We let them know this is the body of the hearing aid. These are the microphone ports. We always want our patients to know about their technology. It's sort of like getting a car and they're not going to show you how to use the radio or, or how to turn on Sirius XM or, or something of that sort. Now, at this point, we're sort of coming close to the conclusion of the initial fitting appointment. We'll also review battery change or if the hearing aids are rechargeable, battery charging with our patients. Once we review the battery change or battery charging, we're now going to review with our patients how to properly insert and take off the hearing aid. So this is oftentimes difficult for new hearing instrument users, but we make it very comfortable in the clinic for our patients because number one, this is sort of a new motor movement you have to learn, correct, Dr. D? Yeah, it, sometimes this is what takes a good portion of the time during the uh, first fitting is getting the patient to feel comfortable with getting the instrument in the ear. And it's such an, an essential part of that first fitting. If it's not in the ear properly and not functioning well, then how can they certainly, how can they assess how well it's it's working? So initial placement, showing them how to get it in, get it out is so important to that, that initial fit. It's paramount to their success, without a doubt. So, Dr. D, a lot goes into the initial hearing aid fitting. We want this episode to act as support for our new patients and individuals who have just recently been fit with hearing technology. Dr. D, while we're sort of coming to a close here, I know you had some closing remarks and even touching upon patients because your own father wore hearing technology. My grandfather wore hearing instruments. So, how important is patience throughout this journey when you're just being fit with hearing technology? This is the start of a long-term relationship. And so what we want to do is we want to establish realistic assessments of the patient's knowledge and understanding of our plan for them. What do we have planned? What's going to happen now and down the road? We want to clear and effectively communicate between the hearing health care provider and the patient what the expectations are for them, and what we can do to enhance their listening experience. And thirdly, we want to nurture the 
trust in the relationship. We want them to know that during this first fitting, while this is an introduction, that we will be there with them throughout their journey to assist in any way we can to make this the most pleasurable experience that they can have. Definitely. I love that. And it's that professional relationship with your provider. Again, a hearing aid is not a consumer electronic product. This is a medical device that is introducing you to a new hearing world. The hearing technology is increasing your speech intelligibility and decreasing your overall listening effort. And just as the hearing aid recommendation process is intimate, the hearing aid fitting appointment is extremely intimate as well and very exciting. Now, for our listeners, you may be wondering, well, how long is an initial fitting appointment going to last? And it's typically about 60 to 75 minutes. Oftentimes, our patients will ask how they clean their hearing technology. We always discuss care and maintenance at the patient's one-week or two-week follow-up. We don't want to go over too much at the hearing aid fitting appointment. So, again, we keep it very simple, and there's really method to or fitting protocol. We then send our patients out to their new hearing world with supporting documentation, which outlines everything we've reviewed at their fitting appointment, and we then schedule their follow-up appointment. Dad, I think that's all we have for our listeners today. This is the Hearing Matters podcast with Dr. Gregory Delfino and Blaze Delfino of Audiology Services. Until next time, hear life story. Thanks again for tuning in to the Hearing Matters podcast today. I'm your host, Blaze Delfino, and on behalf of our entire team, thank you so much for the support. Truly, it means so much to us. Head on over to the Apple Podcast app and share your thoughts. What did you like most about this episode, and what do you like most about our podcast? Five-star reviews are always appreciated. And also, head on over to Instagram, hit that follow button, and let's connect. And as a team we can continue to help our community hear life story.